This is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. Tis the season to red pill friends and family on the COVID-19 vaccine. This podcast is about changing minds on the coronavirus vaccine. And I do have an article version of this. I've got a letter that you can copy, and it's going to be linked below wherever you are listening to this podcast. It's the year of the great ideological political gulf between family members across the holiday table. And many choose to just not discuss touchy subjects with family, friends, loved ones. I get that. It might be best to just keep the peace. But some families are able and willing to engage in rigorous discourse and debate without it devolving into hurtful insults. And I'm fortunate to have a family mostly like that. Thus, I wrote them this letter, urging them to pass on the COVID-19 vaccine. Coming soon to a uh, needle near you. So this letter, I do have it in the link below. I've got a uh, Google Docs version of it that you can copy, edit it as you see fit, and use it to try to change your loved one's minds. The title of the letter is Please Read. And here's what I wrote them. Hey, family. Okay, I'm going to try to change your minds on something important. Please read this in completion before responding. I write this because I love you all. I think that you're all smart and reasonable people whose minds might be changed. So please take this as a compliment to your intellect. An apt Metaphor. Imagine that you started seeing a lot of promotion of Tesla's self-driving AI. The media was praising it all the time. The politicians were talking about how great it was. The mainstream everything seemed to really want you to be driven by the AI. But you kept hearing about how the AI was getting a lot of people into horrific car accidents. People were getting killed and badly injured. It got so bad that almost everybody knew a person who knew a person who had a friend or family member injured in a self-driving AI crash. The media promoting the self-driving AI never talked about these accidents. And you also couldn't find them on the front page of Google search results, but you did a little research and you found that there were official databases documenting many thousands of terrible accidents every year. Doing more research, you could find vast numbers of people online talking about their 
AI caused injuries. You could even find scientific studies talking about this epidemic. And there were a number of veteran AI and automotive experts out there who exhorted the public against driving in AI-controlled vehicles. You continued to research, and then you came across something shocking. The government indemnified Tesla against lawsuits resulting from any AI-caused deaths or injuries. Tesla didn't have to pay a dime to these people whose lives had been wrecked. The government handled these injury cases apparently. Uh, if people were badly injured or killed by AI crashes, they had to go through years of a tortuous bureaucratic process to get a much smaller payout, taxpayer-funded, than they actually deserved from the government. You learn that a lot of people, like soldiers, doctors, school teachers, and some government employees, were required by law to be AI-driven in Teslas. The government spent billions of dollars every year buying Teslas, and politicians hinted that eventually everybody might be required to be AI-driven by Tesla. Knowing a little about human nature and economics, it's clear what's happening here. All these AI crashes, injuries, and deaths are happening because Tesla faces no legal ramifications for their bad AI causing all this mayhem. Tesla has government-guaranteed profits, no risk, and no reason to improve their product. They get to privatize their profits and socialize their losses. This all, of course, makes Tesla massive profits. And doing more research, you learn that they lobby all the consumer protection agencies and a number of politicians to protect them and their monopoly. Any company that wanted to compete with Tesla offering safer self-driving AI would face this monolithic political, bureaucratic superstructure of laws and institutions that mandated AI-driven Teslas. And they wouldn't receive any special protections in the event of crashes and lawsuits. Actually, I'll, I'll repeat that line because it's important. Any company that wanted to compete with Tesla offering safer self-driving AI would face this monolithic, political, bureaucratic superstructure of laws and institutions that mandated AI-driven Teslas. And they wouldn't receive any special protections in the event of crashes and lawsuits. Knowing all this, you wouldn't buy or even be driven in an AI Tesla. You'd at the least say, I'm gonna wait and see if they improve the AI and make it safer before I ever even get in a Tesla. 
If it's not obvious yet, my metaphor is about big pharma and vaccines. And it elucidates the perfect storm of really bad incentives that make the COVID-19 vaccine something that you should, at the least, wait on. I gather that you all feel very strongly about, very strongly against President Trump. And I'm no Trump sycophant. One of the worst policy decisions of Trump is the warp speed development of a COVID-19 vaccine. The foolishness of developing a vaccine that hacks your immune system and mRNA at warp speed cannot be understated. The vaccine success case studies, polio, Ebola, etc., that you've heard of took years or decades of careful, meticulous clinical research. If you're going to volunteer your body to be a guinea pig in Trump's warp speed science experiment, you need to have a lot more faith in him than I do. If you research the mainstream history of vaccines, what nobody debates is that it takes decades or years to develop an effective vaccine. But in the case of COVID-19, governments have dangled the worst possible incentive before pharmaceutical companies, widely recognized as one of the most greedy and psychopathic industries. The incentive is billions and billions in profit to the companies that rush the fastest through safety trials. I begin my case against the COVID-19 vaccine with the Tesla metaphor because it makes it clear why Big Pharma doesn't give a damn about producing a safe vaccine for you, especially when it comes to these warp speed vaccines. What's really made me vaccine skeptical, though, is the science. A few points. In all of the COVID-19 human clinical trials, severe side effects are reported. People have died in some of the clinical trials. Second, being warp speed vaccines, in the COVID-19 trials, the safety testing period is just days or weeks, which is nowhere near long enough. The observation period for something that hacks your immune system and genetics should be yours. A 2012 paper demonstrated that coronavirus vaccines make you more susceptible to future infections as viral strains mutate. The COVID-19 vaccines have not undergone true placebo-controlled trials. For quote-unquote placebos, they use other vaccines. Genuine safety trials would use saline solution placebos. It's not real science without real placebos. The COVID-19 vaccine that will be made available to you is the mRNA vaccine. So it hacks your genes themselves. 
This is different than historical vaccines that simply expose you to a weakened virus. This is a radical science experiment. Last year, I read and reviewed this very rigorously researched and cited book, Rigor Mortis, about how badly corrupted institutional government-funded science has become. This warp speed vaccine with Trump as its cheerleader is a blatant example of shoddy science. And finally, if you want to really understand the vaccine issue, you should listen to a nine-hour legal deposition of Dr. Stanley Plotkin, the world's foremost pro-vaccination expert on vaccines. If you take the time to listen to it all, you'll hear that he confirms most of the objections that people like me have to vaccines. I link to different sources and evidence here because if you Google, are vaccines safe or anything like that, you'll just get a bunch of propaganda from Big Pharma that pays Google billions of dollars. If you're thinking, Jonathan, I just need a little more scientific evidence for what you're saying. There's a show, The High Wire, that does a fantastic job of presenting and documenting the science and evidence on my side of this issue. This issue of this this episode of The High Wire, linked, succinctly breaks down what you need to know. If you just rely on Google, YouTube, and your televisions, you're only going to hear what Big Pharma wants you to believe so they can sell you a very profitable product. Despite all the sound reasons to be skeptical of Big Pharma's COVID-19 vaccines, you might choose to take it anyways. And if you have a severe reaction to it, I won't arrogantly tell you, I told you so. I'll direct you towards the evidence-based biohacks for addressing whatever you're dealing with. For example, autoimmune disorders like arthritis, skin eczema, etc. are very common side effects because the vaccines cause chronic immune inflammation. But there are ways to bring the immune system back into balance. Severe, acute, or chronic pain are very common side effects of vaccines. This can be addressed with red light therapy or even herbal painkillers. With vaccines, you get a major dose of mercury in the thimerosal that causes all sorts of health problems. But this toxicity can be addressed with a chelation strategy. The mRNA COVID-19 vaccine is going to bring a sledgehammer to the delicate epigenetic function of your genes. But there are epigenetic therapies which can bring this back into balance. Deaths from vaccines are statistically uncommon, while about 30,000 cases of more severe side effects 
are documented yearly, that's right, 30,000 a year, in the U.S. government's VAERS database. But I'm here to help with whatever chronic side effects you might struggle with. I'd consider this letter a success if I could at the least convince you to implement some of the biohacks that will fortify you against the damage the vaccine does. There's also the chance that you might be fine with the vaccine. It's a minority of people that suffer horrific injuries. But every time you take a vaccine, it is really playing Russian roulette with an awful chronic autoimmune disorder that you'll struggle with for a long time. And the COVID-19 vaccine is not a one-and-done thing. You'll need to take a new vaccine once or twice a year. I don't think it's worth the risk, personally. My wife and I will never take it. If there were a worldwide outbreak of a virulent Ebola strain, I might take an Ebola vaccine. But the case mortality rate of COVID-19 is well under 1% for people under 70 years old. Faced with the epidemic of AI crashes, in my metaphor, the right-thinking person would say, I'm just going to drive myself. I don't need their AI to drive me. And the solution, the real solution to COVID-19 is similar. It's taking extreme ownership of your health, not sitting around waiting for Big Pharma to sell you a rush job product. If you invest in anti-fragility and are highly vigilant about your health, COVID-19 will be a few days or a week of discomfort at worst. And then you'll have proximal natural immunity for life to this and similar coronaviruses. If you depend on the vaccine, then you need to get a new vaccine, maybe new vaccines, every year as the scientists try to keep up with the mutating virus. Aspiring to antifragility is harder. It means doing things like fasting, meditation, exercise, maintaining an armentarium of biohacking tools, being very disciplined with your diet, not eating cheapo GMO Walmart food, etc. Finally, some of you are Bible-believing Christians, and this vaccine is very Mark of the Beast ish. Politicians and globalists around the world are saying that a COVID-19 vaccine may be required to travel, to fly, to go to concerts, to enter public space, to essentially engage in commerce. The Bible commands us to kneel before Christ, not the powers and principalities of this earth. Our creator imbued us with a fantastic natural defense system that does a pretty great job of protecting us from all the microscopic nastiness of the world if we treat our bodies like temples. Submitting to this vaccine 
which will contain aborted baby cell lines. This was confirmed under sworn testimony by Dr. Plotkin. Submitting to this vaccine cooked up by these vile pharmaceutical companies is kneeling to the dark power that rules this planet. I know what you might be thinking at this point. Okay, Jonathan, I can see that there are some good reasons to be skeptical of the warp speed vaccine, but I'm hearing that I won't be able to fly or travel if I don't get vaccinated. My employer might even demand it. Well, the fact that the government and so many corporations are trying to coerce you to take it should heighten your skepticism. The government and the mainstream media are never going to say, you must eat broccoli because broccoli is good for you. When the government and giant above-the-law corporations are trying to make you do something, you can be damn near certain that they don't have your best interests at heart. The good news is that something like half the population of the USA, of the USA is now vaccine-skeptical like me. There's going to be so many people who refuse that there will always be airlines, grocery stores, schools, and workplaces that let you make your own choices about your body. I'd like to think that one of our key values as a family is spirited discourse and hunger for truth. So I wrote this letter. I don't think any of you are quote-unquote sheeple that just do what your televisions command, but I know that the mainstream corporate censorship is so complete on this issue that you probably haven't heard the complete story on vaccines. Thus, I prepared this synopsis of some of the arguments on my side of the issue. It's not worth the risk, which multiplies as you take subsequent vaccines for a flu that you can handle if you are vigilant about your health. That's my case against the COVID-19 vaccine. I don't believe in baseless conspiracy theories. I don't believe in flat earth or QAnon stuff. I'm vaccine skeptical as a result of studying health stuff, reading a number of science and health books for about nine years now. You might think I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist because I'm skeptical of big pharma's vaccines, which are so sacrosanct in the corporate mainstream. But hey, at least I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist that cares about you. That's not so bad, is it? Love, Jonathan. Okay, a few things to note in my letter for those of you who are thinking about making similar cases to your family members. In the letter, I'm very compassionate. I compliment their intelligence. I don't call them mean names. I don't mock them. I entitle it, please read. Not something like, don't take Bill Gates' evil vaccine, because I want them to actually open the email and read it. I begin with the Tesla metaphor 
and don't even mention vaccines in the opening because I want to get them thinking abstractly before they say, oh, this is about vaccines. I've already made up my mind. It's super important to appeal to people's biases. My family are all anti-Trumpers, like most of the normie, vaccine, hopeful, are. So I feature him prominently. I don't really delve into the scientific arguments because I didn't want the letter to be 5,000 words long, and they are not really scientific kind of people. I include links to some mainstream sources as opposed to only linking to alternative news sources, anticipating their skepticism of sources lacking the seal of officialdom. Some of them are religious, so I appeal to that. Importantly, when I sent it to them, I BCC'd them in the email so I could address their responses or objections individually. I didn't want to create a massive email thread debating all of them at the same time. I elected to organize my arguments in a letter as opposed to doing Skype calls with them or sending them videos because I wanted them to hear all the arguments. In a Skype conversation or a conversation over the family reunion dinner table about vaccination, politics, or anything you might disagree on, you won't be able to get through everything to have everything you have to say. You'll inevitably lose the forest for the trees. You'll get derailed and end up debating the veracity of some study or news story, which is just an individual brick in the foundation of your argument. A letter allows us to make a holistic, logical, emotional case. And also letters have a bit of old school novelty. It shows that you care to take some time to craft it. And so that's why I suggest doing this via a letter as opposed to sitting down and having a conversation which is going to turn into a debate. And debates aren't bad. I kind of like debates. But you're not going to be able to hit all the points that you have in a debate. You'll send the letter and then you can engage in a debate after that. And then who knows, maybe one of the points made in the letter, they will uh, challenge and question, but you have a number of different points. You're making an airtight, logical, emotional case. So that's why I like letters. In fact, if I could, I would have uh, printed the letter out and mailed it to them so they have something to hold in their hands. That would actually be all the more impactful. Did I change their minds? Well, here's how this went for me. It was a mixed success. Two of them were on the fence about the vaccine, and now they are even more skeptical about it. A few of them didn't respond to it at all. One of them emailed me back basically saying, I wouldn't be driven in an AI Tesla. That's not trustworthy, but I've made up my mind. I'm going to take the vaccine as soon as it's available. And importantly, none of them wrote me back saying, Jonathan, you're a demented conspiracy theorist. 
don't tell me how to live my life. So I feel like it was pretty overall worthwhile to send it to them. Changing just one of their minds makes it totally worth it in my view. And I did actually share this on Longevity, the anti-aging health forum, because I wanted to get some feedback from how other biohackers and, you know, health fanatic type people are handling this situation with their families. And on Longevity, most of the people responded and they said, I wouldn't send my family this sort of letter. I wouldn't try to change people's minds. And I can, I can vibe with that a bit. I can understand this laissez-faire approach to things, which is like, hey, if your family members are adults, just let adults make their own decisions and then live with the consequences. Let them live with the consequences of their decisions, right? One of the good points that one of the people in Longevity actually made, which is that uh, if you, okay, the guy was a doctor himself and he was uh, anti-vaccine, anti-big pharma. And he was saying, if I were to advise my family members not to take the vaccine, and then if they ended up getting sick, if something ended up ha coming happening to them, my family members who are the ones that think the vaccine's a really great idea, those are the same kind of people in my family who might sue me. And then uh, even if whatever happened to them is not really related at all to the advice I gave them, then I invite legal risk. And that's actually kind of a good point. But in my case, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a uh, researcher. I'm a self-experimenter practicing free speech, someone who's done a whole lot of reading on these type of topics. And I, at least when it comes to family, when it comes to other adults, when it comes to other people, I'm totally laissez-faire. I'm like, whatever, man, you do you and live with the consequences. But when it, when it comes to family, I feel a bit of a duty to red pill to try to influence people to make a little bit better decisions. So that's why I prepared this. Again, I do link in the article to the letter on Google Docs where you can copy it and change it a bit as you see fit so that it will appeal to your family members. And I do have some photos, some imagery that goes along with it, which I think makes it just a little bit more impactful. So if you try to change your family members' minds on the vaccine, if you use the letter that I've provided here, boy, I would really love to hear from you about how that went. So hit me up on social media, or you can always drop me an email, let me know privately how it went. I'm Jonathan, wishing you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays wherever you are in the world. And I look forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes 
or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.